ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhunt, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 my purpose girls. So a client said to me recently, Karen, I didn't come to you for purpose. I came to you for joy. And another client was there and she was like, oh yeah, me too. (laughs) And another client was like, well, I came to you for purpose, but I feel so much joy in my life. Like I feel so alive. I didn't even expect that I would love myself and love life this much. And it got me thinking like, should I be calling myself joy girl or goddess on joy or whatever? And it's like, well, no, of course. Of course they feel this way because Joy and purpose are so interconnected, they're really the same thing. And if someone asked me, what is the number one thing that's getting in the way of women's happiness, of women's joy? It's this. It's doing what everyone else has wanted you to do instead of doing what actually lights you up. Let me repeat that. The number one thing that is keeping us from being our happiest, most joyful, most alive, and yes, on purpose selves, is doing what everyone else wants you to do instead of doing what actually makes you happy. Now, one of the things that makes me happy is hearing my child scream. And Well, in some ways, right? Not when he's like having a temper tantrum, but when he's having fun. And you're going to hear him on this episode because this is the only time of day that I could do this right now and he needs to snack. And so welcome to my life of creating all the joy and doing all the things and being all of who I was born to be. Yes, purpose goddess, purpose priestess that I am, inspiring, empowering you, and purpose mama that I am. So if you hear them having stack, you hear him screaming in joy, hopefully you won't hear him in temper tantrum because that is not fun. But sister, your joy is found in being who you were born to be and doing what you were born to do, being who you want to be, who you crave being, doing what makes you happy. And what's keeping us unhappy is just doing what everybody else wants us to do. And so in today's episode of the Purpose Girl podcast, I'm going to dive into this more deeply and give you purpose power tips for you to be able to apply this to your own life or for you to be able to share this with your daughter, your sister, your mother, whomever. And if you want to go deeper on this, if you're like, I want that aliveness too, I want that joy, I want that purpose that Karen and her clients have, then amazing news, Goddess on Purpose, my signature course, the course for women to discover their purpose and live their joy is now open. And we already have more than 20 women in it. And I'm just so excited. Women are joining because they feel lost about purpose or because they have been lacking their joy or they've been accepting the crumbs of life and they feel like it's their time. And women are also joining because they have an inkling of purpose or they might be fully on purpose, but they want to be on fire. And this course works for both. Like, ah, I just love this course so much. It's so incredible. And we're going for 11 weeks strong and you are going to be so fired up and you're going to have me coaching you. So if you like the Purpose Girl podcast, you're going to love being in a course with me where I actually like know you and know your story and I can actually support you. 
So go to goddessonpurposecourse.com or get all the info in the show notes and I'll talk about it again later. But it's open, sister. And it's your time. Like if not now, when? If not now, when? So the number one thing that is keeping us from that joy is doing what everybody else wants us to do instead of doing what's actually in our heart. Now, a couple of years ago, I was giving a talk at a corporation and I was talking about this and someone raised their hand and he said, so are you telling me that like I just should not work anymore and I should just be drinking beer all day and playing my video games because that's what would make me happy. And I was like, maybe, but really would it make you happy? Because what would happen if you drank beer all day and you just played video games all day? You'd probably feel sick to your stomach after a couple of days, if not after just one day. You'd get bored, real bored, right? You would probably feel apathetic, feel like you started gaining weight, like all of it. It actually wouldn't make you happy. What is ours to do is to figure out what would really make us happy. Like some mix for him, beer, video games. For me, watching The Bachelor, having a glass of wine, going in the hot tub, vacay, being in Miami. Yes, all the pleasure things. Absolutely a mix of that. And this deeper sense of fulfillment, this deeper sense of joy. This client of mine who said that she came to me for joy, she actually had already discovered her quote unquote purpose. She already knew when she started working with me, the job that she wanted to do in the world. She's a coach and a mentor as well. But what she wasn't doing, she wasn't setting boundaries on her no. She was saying yes to everyone who needed her, who wanted her time, who wanted to pay her less than she was worth. She did not have a boundary around her no. She was really accepting crumbs instead of standing in her worth and knowing that she's a queen, a goddess who deserves more. She wasn't saying yes to what was in her heart. She so badly wanted to join my courses. She so badly wanted to travel. She so badly, she had like all these visions and dreams of all the ways and the luxuries that she wanted in life, but was saying no to herself. And yeah, of course she needed money to be able to do some of the things that she wanted to do. But in our work together, our first session, we got her in a pool swimming. It was like the things she was denying herself didn't come down to money or no money. It came down to Can I really say yes to myself when other people want my time? Am I really worthy enough of that? And even if she wasn't conscious of using the words, am I worthy of that? We got into some of her deeper programming around what she had been taught her whole life or shown her whole life. As a human born in a woman's body, as a human born in black skin, and this opportunity for her to really go under those stories, for her to do the work of getting to the heart of those stories, her to do the work of shifting them, rising above them, doing all the exercises that I do with my clients in order to break free of the old patterning, that old bullshit that's been put on us and to rise up. I mean, oh, this goddess is so on fire now. One of the ways that she was accepting crumbs was in what she was being paid. And I immediately was like, oh, no, sister, you are worthy of so much more. But we had to work through some of that old patterning. Now she's out there with her mentoring and her coaching and she's enrolling women in her course and it is blowing up. But it was getting to this worthiness, not just doing what everyone else had wanted her to do, 
but actually doing what lit her up, what made her happy, knowing she was worthy to do that, putting that first. And it's so interesting having a toddler teaching this work because I'm watching how much my toddler wants to do the things that he wants to do. And we're like, no, you cannot do that. Right. Like he wants to play in the dishwasher with sharp knives. No, you cannot do that. He wants to jump onto the radiator and then jump off. No, you cannot do that. (laughs) He wants to put his hand into the window as we are lifting it up in the car and his fingers would get chopped off. So no, you cannot do that. And what he's really craving, because I don't want him to grow up thinking he can't do what's in his heart to do. What he's really craving is independence. What he's really craving is being able to have a voice. What he's really craving is being able to be adventurous and curious. He's really craving to do what he wants to do, but it doesn't have to be sticking his finger in a light socket, right? (laughs) A friend of mine said, she thinks, she's like, I think all toddlers are really just trying to kill themselves, right? Like, God forbid, God forbid, God forbid. Really, he's craving that freedom of voice and what lights him up. And listen, what lights him up does not light me up. He loves nothing more than a garbage truck. I mean, garbage trucks all day long. When the garbage truck comes to our house, it is an event. It doesn't matter where he is. He starts hearing the beep, beep, beep. And he is like, garbage truck, garbage truck, garbage truck. And we got to run out of the house to go see the garbage truck. It doesn't matter if he has no pants on. We got to run out of the house. He knows what he loves. He loves everything cars, everything trucks. Uh, Josh and I, no, not even a little bit. So we were just in Miami for the month and you go down into the lobby and to the left is the pool and to the right is the valet. And all I wanted to do was just take him to the left. We're going to the pool. We're going to the pool. And he would scream bloody murder. He just wanted to go to the valet because the valet, it's all cars, right? And he could look, he now, my 21 month old child can look at any car and identify Mercedes, Chevy car, Abu Dhabi, that means BMW. He can look at any emblem or logo of a car, Mazda, Honda, and be able to identify it. It's super cute, super amazing. Like I think a car company should call me immediately and hire him as their spokesperson. You would sell millions of cars. But here I wanted to go to the pool. We're in Miami. And what he wants is to be looking at the cars and the trucks. And so my job as his mother is to nurture that in him. Did we go to the pool? Yeah. You know how I would get him in the pool? By putting a garbage truck in the pool. We have multiple toy garbage trucks. Let's play with our garbage truck in the pool. And so my job, though, is to notice and to go deeper into what he really wants. And listen, I don't have this mother thing down at 21 months. Like, obviously, I have a ton to learn. I'm open to all wisdom. So send it my way. I know I'm going to screw it up in multiple ways. But this is my job. And this is, I think, what we were all craving when we were younger. Is that someone would see us. Our parents, ideally, our main caregivers or our siblings, our friends at school would see us, really us. And say, go be you. Go do you. So I have a client that when she was a little girl, she loved art class. And her sixth grade teacher told her she's so good at art. So she came home one day with her painting, so proud of her painting. So wanting her mom to put it on the fridge like her other friends' moms did. And her mom was like, oh, that's nice. Take it to your room, honey. 
Ouch. That happened when she was, what, 11? And when I worked with her, she was 38? And it stuck in her? And it squashed her. It squashed her. Now, her mom probably already had a million other things on the fridge, or maybe she liked a really clean-looking kitchen or whatever. This is not mom bashing. Goddess knows I'm going to have enough probably mom bashing coming at me, so this is not mom bashing at any of us. It's to say that she went, ouch. And then she started thinking in her mind as a little girl, my painting doesn't matter. Art doesn't matter. To be loved, I need to not do this, right? And what happens is that our thoughts, the more we think something, it becomes a belief. And the more we believe something that impacts our behavior, it impacts our actions. So if she starts thinking to herself, my painting doesn't matter, art doesn't matter, I can't be who I really am, mom doesn't love me for this, whether those thoughts are super conscious, but probably those were her conscious thoughts when she was a little girl, the belief then became, I shouldn't pursue art. And then her actions are, oh, I'm going to go be an accountant. She was so far removed from art when she became an accountant. But inside, there was like a pain in her heart, and she remembers it. She couldn't even identify it. Except every once in a while, the art thing would come up for her. And she'd be like, oh, that was ridiculous. That was silly. Oh, that was just a little silly thing. And it's like, oh, no, sister. You squashed down who you really were to do what other people wanted you to do. And then we wonder, why do I end up having no joy? And that might have impacted the job, quote unquote, that you wanted in the world. And job is what most people think of with purpose, right? We ask little kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to do when you grow up? And we're expecting an answer like astronomer or doctor or teacher or garbage man. I'm sure when we ask Shay one day, he's going to be like, garbage man. And that's cool. One of the things I'm doing right now is pointing out how strong you need to be to be a garbage man, right? Because they pick up these huge bins. And so I'm like, if you're going to be a garbage man, let's have you be the best garbage man that you could possibly be. So one of the things that gets squashed in what we do, and I've seen it with clients where it gets squashed in who we are. So last night I held a sisterhood circle. So beautiful. It was an intimate circle of women who had sponsored the Women's Day event and women who signed up for Goddess on Purpose early birds. So they were like the first people to sign up and I gave them a gift of this sisterhood circle. And so the women who had sponsored the Women's Day event actually have been my clients for a while. And then I had these newer women to my world, one of whom said that she found me on a driving trip across the country and she started listening to me in New Mexico and listened to me the entire way all the way back to Indiana. Like we are the best of friends because I've been in her car for however many hours and days or weeks that was. And so one of the women on the call, when we were each going around sharing She said, oh, do I need to speak out loud or can I put it in the chat? And I was like, it's up to you, sister, right? In Zoom, you can write it into the chat. I said, if you're willing to speak, we'd love to hear you. And she instantly got a tear because she spent her whole life, she said, not being heard, doing for everyone else, her family. She's a social worker. She gives and she gives and she gives and she's not done for herself. She said she feels like she's been put 
onto the back burner. She's been put backstage. And I was like, oh, no, no, sister, right? Like nobody puts baby in the corner. We're bringing you front and center stage. It was uncomfortable for her to take up space. But as she did that and she shared her story, it actually brought us closer because so many of us could identify with that. So she's doing the job she loves doing, social work. But she lets other people take the accolades, other people be front and center. And she came to this moment in her life when she was like, well, what about me? And just feeling like she's never done anything for herself. And that's why she's gifted herself goddess on purpose. And I was like, yes, sister, because your purpose. So many of us think of it as your job. And for you out there, you might be like, I want to know what is mine to do? What's the job that's going to make me jump out of bed and be so excited in the world? And or for you, it might be, I want to jump out of bed knowing who I am and feeling good and feeling like I'm worthy and I can take up space. Our purpose is all of the above. And that's why joy and purpose are so intertwined. Women will be happier when we allow ourselves to do what will make us happy, to be who we were born to be and to do what it is that we really want to do. When I was younger, I look back and there was a part of me that wanted to do these like big, incredible things. I wanted to be on a Broadway stage, even though I have the worst singing voice in the whole world and dancing. I, mean, I think I'm a good dancer, but mm, <laughs> definitely not Broadway dancing. And then when I was in cheerleading, I couldn't do the cartwheel or splits and I still can't. Like if you are the person who can teach me how to do a cartwheel, like yay for you, you are the winner. I have still not been able to do it. And that's cool. So I wasn't really meant for Broadway, but there was a part of me that saw like me on stage and I wanted the lights and I loved that idea. And then there was a part of me that was so small when I was a little girl. When I would be around my brother, who is a big guy, and now he's a criminal defense attorney, and that's kind of how he was my whole life, I would shrink. And all my older cousins, the boys, they became lawyers too. I would shrink in their presence. And I would become so small that I actually became mute for a little while. I would point to things instead of actually speaking and saying to my cousins or to people what I wanted. Yeah, me, who does this podcast. I was a little bit mute for a while around certain people. And it's so interesting that I had these two sides of me. And one of the things that I learned would make me happy in the world is if I just did all the things right, quote unquote. And I would look and say, oh, well, mom and dad have been happily married. That's what's right. I would look at my Cinderella and my Ariel or whatever that Disney movie is. And in every single movie, the girl was being kissed by the boy, by the prince. And that is how she woke up. And that seemed so wonderful. I wanted that. Or I would read my Sweet Valley High books and the girls were on student government or cheerleading. I was like, I want that. I just, it was like, I'm not sure I really knew what would make me happy, but I would see all these things that made other people happy. And I thought, that's what's going to make me happy. And so I started striving. Well, when I have that, I'll be happy. When I have that, I'll be happy. When I have the boyfriend, I'll be happy. When I have the husband, I'll be happy. When I get all A's, I'll be happy. When I'm on student government, I'll be happy. And listen, I'm not saying I was unhappy in childhood. There was, I was happy a lot. But I ended up, if you've listened to episode one, you know, or go back and listen, I ended up with the husband and the golden retriever and the house. And together we made $130,000. So we had the money all by the time I was 25 and I was still not happy. And then, of course, I felt terrible. I felt guilty. What is wrong with me? Why can't I just be happy with what I have? 
What's wrong with me? Why do I want more? And it was really hard to define more because I'd always defined more by what was on the outside and what other people said should make me happy. Like, well, what more do I want? And I thought, oh, I want a different husband. And that ultimately became true. But it really wasn't about him. What I now know I wanted more of was more me. And all the places that I'd squashed down to become more me. Because anytime you press down parts of yourself, anytime you say no, when what you really want is to say yes. Like I said no to a love that was a girl because it wasn't quote unquote right or perfect when really there's a part of me that's a yes to being in love with a girl. I am bi. I know that now. Or I said no to a part of me that was very sexual because I thought that was bad and wrong to be so wild. Or I said no to trying pot because it was wrong when I'm curious. I've been, I mean, I've done it now, but I was curious. But that was the wrong thing. That wasn't perfect. So what I would say yes to was the perfect image. And then we end up, one of the women on the call last night was talking about how perfectionism gets in her way. She'll be happy when she does this perfectly. She'll be happy when she has the perfect job. She'll be happy when perfect, perfect, perfect. And that perfection hamster wheel makes us miserable, but it all comes from this very same thing. Do you see that? Or the comparison thing. And this is huge for my brain. My brain wants to compare to everybody else and everybody else has it together, right? It's like that, again, is that everyone else has the answer when what the answer is is really inside of us. And I know it might feel like, oh, that sounds like too much work. I don't want to go inside. But what if we don't see it as this really daunting, icky process? What if we see it as this delicious curiosity of like, ooh, what does bring me joy? Ooh, who am I inside? Ooh, what are the dreams that I haven't connected with in a long time? Ooh, what are those parts of me? And yeah, there are going to be parts like in Goddess on Purpose, we do weeks on inspiration and who you are that's inspiring and on your true superpowers and on what's awesome and beautiful about you and your joy. And like, if you're out there and you're going, I don't know who I am, like this course is for you. Get your booty into this course, okay? And I'm what is yours to do in the world. And we do a week on the stuff that has held you back because we can't just ignore it. We're not going to spiritually bypass it. But this is all of why the tools around what you think and how you treat yourself and the self-compassion you have really matter. Okay, so you're listening to this and you're like, yes, I want to start doing what makes me happy. But I don't know what that is. (laughs) Or you might be like, yes, I want to start doing what makes me happy. But that is way too scary. What is everyone going to think? Is everyone going to abandon me? Can I afford it? Will I fail? right? There are so many reasons that we don't do the things that make us happy. And in fact, you might be sitting there and you're like, Karen, I want to join your goddess on purpose class, but maybe I can't afford it. Or do I really want to go that deep? Or what if it doesn't work? What if I'm the one person it doesn't work for, which I have to crack up because last year, a woman named Brooke joined the program and she sent me an email and said, I'm going to be the one person this doesn't work for. And I'm thrilled to tell you that she now has an amazing podcast. She's all about bringing reality through hope to moms. And she's this incredible podcast and she's growing a community and it's just beautiful. So if it worked for Brooke, it can work for you. 
But if you don't know what you want to do or you are afraid to go and do it, there are several steps that I've identified. I was exactly where you were. I was like, I have no clue. And I was totally floundering. I would read all the self-help books. There were no podcasts at the time, but if there were, I would have listened to all of them. And I needed to get to a point where I was actually working with someone, with a coach who actually could like see me and know me and take me through it. So let me take you through the steps that I identified, right? Like I couldn't find the right people to work with because I worked with a coach who was incredible, but he was a man and I didn't feel like he really like got my emotional side and got this other sensual side of me and got all the pieces and parts. And then I would work with a sensuality coach and it was like, oh, but they aren't all about purpose. And so I became the goddess who helps women become goddesses on purpose. I became the priestess goddess for you to put it all together into female purpose, discovering purpose for women specifically. So I'm going to give you the steps and the tools, but if you want more and you want deeper, Goddess on Purpose is open. I would love, love, love to support you personally, individually. What could be better than that? So the first step is we actually have to get in touch with what it is that we want to feel. So the first step is vision. Now, I've talked about vision the last couple of podcast episodes, so you could go and you could listen to those, but we have to have an idea of where we're going. And it doesn't mean you have to know exactly what you want to do in the world, but we do have to have the idea and the knowing of how we want to feel in our bodies, how we want to feel about our life, how we want to feel about our health, our finances, our love, everything. Because when we have that sense of how we want to feel, it can then start to tell us what then gives me that feeling, how I can create that. So we always want to start with that vision, that feeling. And some of you may have beautiful visions for your life, but they seem so far away, it seems impossible. I was with one of my goddess groups yesterday and we were doing this like beautiful future bragging desire exercise. And a couple of them were like, I don't know how to get there. So my mind's not going there. And I totally hear that. And so I'm going to get to some of those steps too. But the first thing, that's why we would just want to start with how you want to feel, because I think your body can grasp that no matter what. And then there's a number of different questions on vision. Again, I go through this in Goddess on Purpose and give you the workbooks to go through. And then you can go into the vision for all these different aspects, like I mentioned, health and finances. And you could just take your journal right now and start journaling these out. Start feeling into what would feel so good, what would make you feel so alive in all these different areas of life. And if you want more specific prompts, I give you a workbook on every single aspect I'm going to talk to you about right now. You can get that in Goddess on Purpose, and it's incredible, and women love it. And it will give you all of the details to go inward and get so clear and so on fire. Right now, you can take a journal and you can start writing these things out. Step number two is inspiration. You are listening to the Purpose Girl podcast because there's something I say that inspires you or something that my guests say that inspires you. And we fill up on inspiration. It's like in spirit, inspire, in spirit, and our whole bodies fill up. And that can be information for us about our true desires and about what we want and about what makes us happy. And so we want to start diving in and uncovering that idea of inspiration because that's going to be an entryway in to what it is that we actually want to do, who we feel like we were born to be, all of that. So you want to peel back the layers on inspiration and be able then to hold the mirror up and even look at where you are already inspiring in life, how other people find you inspiring. 
Step number three is we start getting into your superpowers. What is beautiful and unique about you? And there are specific tools, but every single one of us needs to own and needs to look at what is special and unique about me. What makes me different than the next person? And when we do that, and sometimes we need other people to reflect that for us. Sometimes we need to take online assessments. All that stuff is there. But when you start looking at what is unique and special about you, you can start feeling really proud of yourself and start feeling really good about what you contribute to the world and the ways that you want to be in the world and what you want to do. It's this magical thing. Like for me, when I look at my superpowers, right, I have a superpower, the gift of gab with a microphone, right? That's a superpower of mine that I've always been really good at public speaking. I didn't train anywhere. It just worked out this way. I discovered it when I was, uh, I think, about 13 years old. My parents wanted me to apply for this contest to get a college scholarship for $1,000 or $2,000 or something. And we had to give a talk on Arab-Israeli conflict. And I won that contest. And I was like, ooh, that juices me up. I love this talking thing. Maybe because I had been so quiet when I was younger, but I loved having the microphone. I have another superpower of being super excitable, right? Like I get excited over everything. Right now it's spring and I just look at a bud on a tree and then in a week I'll see that that bud became a little leaf and then a little flower. And like I get excited about little things. I dance excitedly, right? A superpower of mine is that I feel everything. It doesn't always feel like a superpower because it means I also feel all of the anxiety and all of the sadness, all of the grief, all of the crying, and I feel it all, but it's actually a superpower of mine because it means I really get my clients. I really understand women. I really can empathize. I'm right there with you. I have another superpower of being motherly. Even before I had a child, like my clients would tell me that I was the mother that they always wished that they had had because I would love them unconditionally because I would hold them with my whole heart and my arms and they could just collapse into me, whether it was on a Zoom screen or it was in person, just really being seen in a way that they had always wanted to be seen. And so these are just some of my superpowers. And the more I know my superpowers, the more it shows me when I am lit up, when I'm excited, what I love to do, how I love to be. The next step is our joy, our joy. And if I started with joy as step number one, you'd be like, uh, I have no idea. But do you see how once you start going through each of these step by step, by the time you get to joy, you have an inkling because it's like, oh, yeah, well, what brings me joy is being with other women. What brings me joy is speaking on stage or on the microphone. What brings me joy is loving people up. It's like we can start getting more and more into the joy once we have gone through all these other exercises to get into our heart and into our soul. And by this point in the process, we start to feel already glittery, already excited. The thing about joy is that I find women deep, deep, deep down do have a sense of what brings them joy. It's just that we've been told that we're selfish if we make that a priority. It's indulgent to want to swim or take a tumbling class or whatever it might be. It's selfish Who are we to spend money on ourselves? And so we have this very backwards idea of joy that it's for everyone else. One of my clients was so afraid to tell her husband that she wanted to come on a retreat with me when, in fact, two times a year he goes on a golf trip and she's never 
said anything about it. And he's never even asked. He's just like, hey, here's when my annual golf trip is. And she's like, okay. He set it up that way. And so we have this idea that we're selfish for wanting to fill our own cup. And that's not our fault. It's not even our partner's fault. It's been set up this way from a patriarchal system that was really designed to make women feel terrible about ourselves and make us feel like we had to take on the burden of everyone and everything else and put ourselves last, which is the topic of this whole episode, right? So the thing with joy is there's the discovery of joy and then there's the allowance of joy. Now, here's the beautiful thing. Getting back to what I said at the beginning, joy feels purpose and purpose feels joy. So they work in harmony with each other. And then it becomes this delicious thing where like, honestly, I get joy in orgasms and I find the more orgasms I have, the more women contact me to join my programs. (laughs) You don't even know that I'm at home having an orgasm. But energetically, it's like something is showing up in my joie de vivre, something's showing up in how I am being in the world. I am showing up in a different way because I feel good. And when I feel good, people want to be around me. When you feel good, people want to be around you. There is a science to this. It's called social emotional contagion. It's as important that we take care of our joy as it is that we take care of the lawn or anything else. It's more important. And in fact, as women, you hear me preach about this all the time. Our joy is our birthright. It's necessary. Our bodies were designed for it. Pleasure is so important. And if you don't get it, Again, join Goddess on Purpose. Like I teach a couple of classes on this. It's so important. No one has taught us how to connect with our pussy. And that word might gross you out, but I use it intentionally. No one has taught us to connect with the deepest, most sacred, most divine, most feminine part of ourself. And that is where the glitter is found. That is where the gold is found. That connection is where we come alive. But we've been taught that what pussy might want, and not just sexually, but what she wants in terms of pleasure and joy is wrong. So we dedicate a lot of time to this in Goddess on Purpose. And if you aren't joining Goddess on Purpose, but you're going through these exercises, then I want you to spend a lot of time on this one, on pleasure and joy. I call it joy juice. It's an exercise I give in Goddess on Purpose is to discover your joy juice and then to make a list of all your joy juice and go live it every day. We then move into our wisdom The thing about being a woman is that every moment of our life has given us wisdom to share with the world, has given us wisdom about how we best live, about how the world can best live. We carry so much wisdom inside of us, but we're so afraid to speak it that it stays in us. And that is why as you get clear on your wisdom, and this is a whole piece around turning your pain into purpose, and what have you learned from all of your life experiences, and what have the joys taught you, what has the trauma taught you, this is your wisdom. And after we move from wisdom, then we start getting into your voice. What are the ways for you to express? What are the ways for you to speak it? And this would equate to, quote unquote, what job do you want to do in the world, right? So like whether for some of you that is writing a book or speaking on stage is your voice, or for some of you, it's your voice through painting and art, or some of you, it's your voice by speaking up at your company about equality in the workplace, or some of you, it's your voice about getting that next promotion or going back to school to become an architect. One of my clients, when asked the question, what is like the big thing that you really, really, really wish you had done, like the biggest dream you still have that you've ever had and you've never done? She did this in another group, a driven woman group, and she acknowledged, oh, if I'm going to be honest about this. I really have always wanted to be a doctor. But she's like, I'm in my 40s. I can't go do that now. You can't? 
people do. I'm not saying a lot of people do, right? Probably very, very, very few people do. And it's probably so much harder because you have to do all of the prereqs and because you have so many years ahead of you and all of that. But what if you die with that dream in your heart? So I'm so proud to tell you that she's now in med school with three children. Having had a thriving art career, she's back into school. Everything is possible. Everything is possible. How did she get there? She was honest with herself. She went through these steps. She had me. She took programs. She had other support. She had sisterhood. Like she did the work. And it's not easy. But she's so alive. She's so happy doing what she wants to do. And that gets us to really our last step, which is living with courage. Now, to the beautiful woman who posted in the Facebook group that you want glitter, glittery life comes with living a courageous life. And I see so many women think that they're not courageous when every woman I know is courageous. God, it takes courage. I'm really going to start crying because I've had a really hard time emotionally the last week since coming home from Miami. Like, I just feel out of sorts and our house is a mess. And right before we left, there was a flood in the house. And so it just feels like we came back to a big old mess. But I've had the courage to wake up every morning and take care of my baby. When I had a panic attack a couple of days ago, I had the courage to reach out to my therapist and to my coach and say, hey, I need help. When I was feeling so down, distraught, I had the courage to come on here and do a podcast. So we all have courage within us. Even when you're going through such a hard time, I know you have courage. It's drawing upon it. And so this last step is learning all of the tools to start you off courageous toward doing what you want to do and being who you were born to be in your purpose and the tools to stay courageous, sister. Now, each of these steps, you could have filled up a journal by now and maybe you pause and you rewind and you fill up the journal and you pause and you rewind and you fill up the journal. Or maybe you're listening to this and you know you want to do these steps. So then your purpose work, your purpose power tips are number one, go get a journal and do it. Just do it. Tell the people in your household you're taking an hour, you're doing it. Step number two, if you need help, you want hand-holding, you want to go deeper into each of these exercises Get into Goddess on Purpose. I can't speak more highly of this course. It has literally changed the lives of more than 100 women. Women rave about this course without me asking them. They're online talking about it. A woman who joined the program who was a mom and working a job that just sucked her soul dry, didn't even know what purpose was. She was just like, I'm unhappy. And I like that woman's podcast, so I'll listen. Okay. And she took the class and like, she came so alive. She feels so sexy in her body. She feels so attuned with who she is. She feels so much joy. She figured out her purpose. She created a whole course for other women to feel it. Like I'm telling you, my work works. My work works. And I don't want to sit here and I don't want to prove to you that it works. I want you to feel it. The doors are open, sister. Walk through them. So again, your purpose power tips are one, get a notebook, get a notebook you love, get a pen you love, one that feels really good for you. That might be lined paper for you. That might be checked paper. For me, I use a different cover every time. It's whatever I'm feeling at the moment. Right now I'm using a light pink journal with gold glasses that say stay focused because I feel like that's a message I really need right now. So whatever feels good for you, if you have a journal you like, you'll do exercises more. Number two, 
go through these one by one. I just gave you eight steps. These eight steps can change your whole life. Get your glitter back, can have you on fire, can have you know your purpose. Do the eight steps. And number three, if you need help, get it. Whether it's from me or for someone else, get the help. What else is worth your time or your money or your energy than you and your happiness? There's nothing more important on the planet. You don't want to end up 80, 90 regretting. You don't want to end up in this hamster wheel. There's nothing more important than you and your happiness. And you might say, but my kids' happiness, where do you think that they get it from? Sister, this is your calling. This is your moment. Do this. And so if you want more, go to goddessonpurposecourse.com, goddessonpurposecourse.com. You can get the link in the show notes. Yes, I'm talking about it ad nauseum because I so believe in it. And of course, join the Purpose Girls Facebook group, get on my newsletter. That's how you find out you're the first person to find out whether it's I'm having free courses, I'm doing new things, I'm holding events, get on that newsletter list, go to purposegirl.com. And of course, share this podcast with every woman you know. With that, my love, may you live purposefully. May you love yourself and may you love life. Bye for now.